So, Jess, how are you feeling after our week you know, off? You know, Dan, oh. you're better seen and not heard. Uh, rude. But I'm saying you're cute. I'm a person, too, you know. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Hello. I forgot how to do this. What is this? <laughs> Apologies if you're picking up a slight fan noise if you're wearing headphones. Oh, it is Jessica's such a perfectionist. It's so hot. We couldn't. Just we couldn't pretend go you didn't heard that. <laughs> Get it? It's not even a joke. It doesn't even qualify in the least as a joke. You're heard with purred. <laughs> what? Isn't that the, the show in, uh, in Parks and Rec? the news thing oh i don't remember that sure i think it's her okay i think i have a few parks and rec references parks and references but that's not one of them (laughs) that's not one of the ones i have memorized oh exciting top of the show business finally lullabies are out that's the biggest news i think (gasps) shaking up the reliant k fandom (laughs) you've heard of dc fandom the Reliant K fandom is shaken to the core because Sparrow sleeps. The preeminent, preeminent, preeminent. How was that word? Preeminent. Preeminent. I think lullaby company for like <laughs> pop rock and pop punk lullaby covers for children. They have like an MXPX one, Ooh. and they have other ones, I'm sure. And in some past... You waited until I took a big sip of my water. You shouldn't that. be trying to drink water when <laughs> I'm coming at you with my witticisms. <laughs> it's, it's up to you if you want to risk drinking water. So, um, yeah, they have Paramore. It's uh, Paramore covers, Weezer, Sum 41, all kinds of stuff. Nice. Um, I mean, at the front, they would look like... Yeah, it's all pop punk covers. Sparrow, it's like all pop punk stuff. That's all they do. And for a couple episodes ago, maybe a couple months ago, we were like, I'm surprised there's no Reliant K lullaby renditions. Because right. there's always lullaby renditions of every pop punk band. It took until 2020 for Sparrow Sleeps to do it. They announced it this week. on. I saw it on their Instagram. And I commented. And I'm like, I'm so glad this exists. We were just talking about how this needed to exist. And then... They replied, and they're like, oh, better late than never. Okay. So they're real people. Yes. Because <laughs> sometimes any of these kind of companies, you know, like the, what do you call them? The, the, the string quartet tribute. Vitamin and all of that. string quartet. Yeah, vitamin string quartet. You're like, are those real people? Or is that just like MIDI stuff that like one person in a closet plugs in and then uploads? I think, think Sparrow Sleeps is real people because when you go to their Twitter account, it shows two people. Yeah, same with their uh, with their Spotify because that's the other news. What Danny has oh, right. uh, indoctrinated me into <laughs> the world of Spotify. Just in time for this election year, I managed to flip <laughs> Jessica yeah. in her beliefs from Apple Music to Spotify. It's something we've 
talked about way too often on this podcast yeah. so it feels like a thread we need to continue i feel like i'm going against apple but eh, whatever why did you switch there were multiple you were telling me multiple uh, reasons why you were fed up with apple music there are a couple different things the like recommendations are just not there the like home screen stuff they're always like hey based on the fact that you listen to like a lot of 1940s music and lana del rey and smashing pumpkins they're like we think you would like whatever the new rap album is and i'm like what from what i listen to would make you believe that not that i wouldn't like give it a listen but like i don't understand so right yeah just wasn't whatever well you'll get to experience release radar and new release radar or whatever (laughs) or whatever the only thing i'm not a fan of is that they oh also uh, for some reason there's a couple john mayer albums where it's just like continuum is the main one where it's just the live version of the song so it's really like annoying that i cannot listen to it's the album cover is of the proper album but then it's just live versions and i'm like i don't like are you sure this. you're spotifying correctly no that's apple music oh that i'm talking about that was another reason why i left was the way I was you said annoyed. another problem Sorry. i you said another problem with and i asked you what's wrong with apple music you gave me the correct answer, but for some reason, my brain flipped like we were talking No, about sorry. Spotify. I was also going to say the only thing that I don't care for with Spotify is that they have all the, like, remastered and recorded versions. In some bands, they only have the remastered or recorded versions of songs, and I'm not, like, a fan of Yeah, but the remastered the version is the best version, just like... The gold version The gold of, versions yeah, of Anatomy and exactly, Two Lefts. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but that's enough about us. Let's talk about you. Me? Well, I mean, are there voicemails this week? There are voicemails this week. Did you want to hear at least one Sparrow Sleep song real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Oh, it was funny. Softer to me is the second one on there. And when it, I think In Love with the 80s is the first one, or at least that's the one you played for me. And then Softer to me came off and after that. And Danny didn't know what it was. And he was like, oh, this is like dark and <sighs> kind of morbid. And I started laughing. And then finally it like picked up. And he was yeah. like, oh, this is Softer so, to me. <laughs> that's, so the thing is, half the songs... They picked, they did 10 songs, and yeah, so Sparrow Sleeps is definitely real artists. They're not cover, not a cover bot company at all. They're real artists. Oh, I was going to say, originally, people, before I veered off on Spotify, yeah. yeah, is that the picture, their picture on Spotify is of two dudes. Right. So they engaged with us on, on uh, Instagram and everything, so shout outs to them. Real people, for sure. Um... And, yeah, they did 10 songs for 43 minutes, and most of these we already did on the show. So maybe we'll play one one of these once in a while, but we'll just play one right now. So here is the softer to me version, and, yeah, it starts off, like, a little scary. <laughs> Look out, Jessica Brahms, the boy is behind you. I was going to say, why are you playing Marilyn Manson music? <laughs> this is actual, yeah. <laughs> um, hold on. Ah. It sounds like Halloween music. It does. <laughs> John Carpenter is a member of Sparrow Sleeps. <laughs> Thank you. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, with the melody broken out that way, it's very dramatic. Right. Like, this could, <laughs> this could be... The In Love with the 80s one was cute. Yeah. Did you want me to play yeah, a minute play of, a that bit of that, too? Okay. Just as a palate cleanser. <laughs> Did you just cheer up a little? <laughs> This also kind of sounds like it could be on a soundtrack at either a wedding or a funeral. <laughs> I guess it's very nice. So it is nice though. of the songs they did, they already did in love with the, uh, of the songs that we've already covered on this podcast. They done in love with the eighties, softer to me, candy hearts of all things, baby. Which I guess is that. Yeah, that's so funny that they did Baby but not Savannah. That's so that's so odd. And uh, a chapstick and chap lips. So the so they've done one, two, three, four, five. They've done we did they've already literally half the album we've already done. Yeah. And now we've just played three of the songs, so we're almost (laughs) caught up. Um, Yeah, so that's great that that exists now. Uh, And we have voicemails this week, so let's get to those. So first we have Beatrice calling back. Hey, it's Beatrice. Um, I just wanted to answer some questions for Jess because she asked last episode um, about my story of um, the church actually wasn't First Baptist. So she's answering the question of... She was had, the mega church yeah, First Baptist is not, but she yeah, does know somebody she who talks, there. She talked last week about... I don't remember what song anymore. <laughs> there's one particular song that go back and listen to last time the episode from two weeks ago but she uh she talked about a song that musically reminded her of a church where she was very uncomfortable but lyrically she uh it was it an mm-hmm song mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it's we so close last week. it's so we did it two, <laughs> two weeks, weeks ago, ago. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I want to say all the small things? I don't <laughs> That class, <what>? yes. <laughs> I'm so, it's so hot. It's so hot. Danny, the whole point of so taking hot. two weeks off was that we could like cool down. Nope. <laughs> nope. It didn't help. It, it only got not, hotter. Oh my gosh. It's, it's temperatures of like 105, yeah. 110 in it's, the northern it's, areas. It's, of it's the sunny with a high of 110. In sunny with the... a high of 105. <laughs> in in LA and since I just, took my burnt off skin it's just too much it's too much it's frying our brains so we did let it all out when we did let it all out Beatrice talked about it. how that song reminded let her let it all out all the small things <laughs> let it all out <laughs> truth cares I thought you were gonna go for like let it all small things let They're it all, all I, small things and the small <laughs> things are the small things and let go all right of the let's small get it things. together <laughs> Let's get let's let Beatrice put us back on track. But actually I have a friend who um we've been friends she's like a couple of years older than me, but we've been friends like for like five years now. And um she actually I think she's like I don't know, I think she's like been going to first baptist for a while, so I know the church. I just never been, but it's not that church. It's actually um a church that came here recently, it's called Lagoinha. It's a it's a Brazilian church. Like, it came from Brazil, and then, like, it, it, they started, like, making new churches here and stuff. And 
so yeah, in case if you guys are wondering, that's what it was. And um, um, and about that, um, I forgot the name of the church that you guys were talking about. It was like, hey, if anyone's from Orlando, like, is that place still a thing? I don't know it. Probably because the area I live in, Orlando, is like predominantly Latino. So like, I don't really get, I don't really like go to like, I guess like predominantly white churches. I'm assuming it's a predominantly white church. Like. I'm not even joking, like, 60% of my school is Latino, so, like, I really just don't know. I really just know Lagunia and First Baptist because now, like, a lot of Brazilians go there, too. Like, yeah, I guess that's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Bye. So we were correct in believing she's from Orlando. Yes. Because it's in some <laughs> cool, cr- you cool. said like, okay. last week that you were like, oh, no, is she actually in Yes, she's in Orlando. Right on. So very nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... Cool. Status Church is the name of that church, and it was yeah. a youth. It was a like young adults church located in Discovery Church. I looked this up all later. That is where the f- to write love on her arms. Fame right, of is course. Of. Yeah. How did I not mention that? Yeah. That's 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 of that's considerable to yeah. mention. The 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 to write love on her arms girl, Renee. She went to that church. Yeah. And. I went to church the night they announced the, like, the the coming forth, or whatever, however you'd say it, like the, the, the public announcement of to write love in our arms is this thing that we have sprouting out from this church, this new thing that we're doing. And, I, but the thing was that night, that, that night at church, I was 100% zoned out. I don't know what I was thinking about. I was with you. Oh, you were? Yes. <laughs> okay. I th- you, you might have just been thinking about me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, when I go to church, like, a lot of times I use it that's almost as, like, a meditation. T- I don't... That's the only time I went to that particular church with you. Oh, okay. So I was like, I don't even know if it was sprouting up, but I remember being like, oh, these t-shirts we've been seeing around for a while now came from this church, apparently. Right. So, yeah, I completely forgot that that's where Tourette Love in Our Arms started from. But, yeah, I, I was – so a lot of times when I go to church, I zone out. And it used to be, like, my parents would be like, pay attention, pay attention. <laughs> and I realized, like, no, when I go to church and I zone out, I'm typically thinking about problems and working through things. Maybe not praying in the sense of directly talking to God, but I'm, like – I'm not just, like, entertaining myself thinking about Star Wars and Batman. I'm, like, usually thinking of – things and working through things in my brain so Mm -hmm. that's what i was doing that night and they were talking all about like oh we have this new thing it's called to write love on our arms completely zoned out and then at the very end they 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 put the big image up on the board i'm like oh what what is that is that a band what is that and then i just like left (laughs) and then like months later they're all over the place hot topic and everything danny yeah are you sleeping when you're praying no no, <laughs> I just said I'm meditating. <laughs> so uh, anyway, thank you very much for calling back, Beatrice. Uh, and then we have an email from Daniel, a uh, voicemail from Daniel. We have three voicemails from Daniel. <laughs> so we asked him, like, go ahead. You can leave longer voicemails again. So here we have a oh couple of Oh, my gosh. There was a film in 2012 called oh, yeah. To Write Love on Her Arms. Oh, yeah. It stars Cat oh, Dennings. Wow. What? I've been wanting to see it. I don't know if it's going to fall in a bad category. Oh, absolutely. I mean, this possibly. Looks like, a bad movie. like, I expected the Blue Like Jazz movie to be a lot worse than it ended up being. 
And so, like, sometimes, like, I was, like, I had been, I had not watched Christian movies in years, and I'm, like, oh, Christian movies are getting relatively good, especially compared to real bad movies that we've watched mm-hmm. on Amazon Prime and stuff. I'm, like, this is passable. So we haven't watched the that movie. Yeah, so the foundation started in March 2006, which makes sense, because we were, we were hanging then. Right, we, we were, were not, courting. We, no, we were not dating <laughs> I know yet, we weren't but, dating. Oh. I'm saying we were courting. We were, we were friends. Doesn't courting just mean, like, old-timey, like, dating? Yeah, but courting means, like... You, it's like a precursor to dating? I don't really know what courting means, but my understanding <laughs> of it is, like, you basically, like, you you hang about the person <laughs> and, like, no, with no romantic implications whatsoever, but knowing that you will be married one day, but you're not allowed to kiss or anything, you just court. <laughs> That's what courting is. Oh, March of 06. I, I was dating somebody else in March of 06, actually. Oh, well, all right. I just realized. And I was trying to... To bring you to church so you could kiss dating goodbye. <laughs> I don't know what that means. You don't ever heard it. Let's not worry about that. I, I don't even know what that means. You're a lucky one. <laughs> so <laughs> here is Daniel's voice. Daniel's first of a trilogy of voicemails. Hey, it's Daniel. Uh, leaving this voicemail right after um, uh, after listening to the latest episode um, and preparing a big one because you're taking a week off. So let's figure, figure I got to get two weeks worth of uh, voicemails in. Um, anyway, so the first thing is the theme of touch my heavy heart and make it light. Like you mentioned, is it's also in um, the highest seventy five. Well, it's also in um, when I go down um, the. You touch my heavy heart, and when you do, you make it light. That part, um, during that kind of like bridge or whatever. Whoa, so that phrase appears in a song with the word high, and a song with the word out, and a song with the word down. What's, it's all directional stuff. It's all about directions and making the heavy heart light. Think about it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. There's yeah. a pattern there. It's like the contra code. When you're down and out and when you're high. Yeah. Life. Yeah. Maybe it was a sly reference to uh, nodding out when you do heroin. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I watch movies. I know the terminology <laughs> from movies. So that's another phrase that's similar to the the words forget and slow um, appear in three different songs. On mm-hmm. um, just like they appear in three different songs on uh, forget and not slow down. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I never really thought about that before. This isn't super important, but uh, Let It All Out is in the key of B, and it's a really heavy piano song, which I find interesting. I kind of wonder if, like, it started out written in the key of C, which, for anybody who doesn't play piano, key of C is, like, all white notes, like C major is anyway. Um, B major, then, is, like, really difficult because it's, like, you have to shift every single one of those almost to black notes, black keys, rather. I wonder, so I wonder if he originally wrote it in C and then to tie it into which which to bury um which is in the same key but like maybe they also started writing that one in in c um or a minor is the relative key um on guitar but then when they started tuning their guitars down half step um for this album it it turned it into um a flat minor which is b major um or uh, sorry g sharp uh, i'm confused anyway 
uh, I don't know. There just may be something there because I would not think to just I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down at the piano and write a song in the most difficult key to play in, which I think would be B. I don't really play piano, but anyway. So um, I like usual. I have no notes or comments on his <laughs> incredible point of view on what uh you know the keys are in the right. song let it all out and but everything thank you for letting us you know and for letting listeners know who do want to know those yeah. things and i mean not that we don't want to know it we do want <laughs> to know, know it but it's but, it's not pertaining right it's not keeping in my head however when he talked about like uh when daniel just now talked about you know it being there's so much piano in the song and everything mm-hmm. david park sent a tweet after the episode saying this sounds like an Andrew McMahon. Andrew, hold on one second. I have the name here. Andrew McMahon song. And he's the guy from Something Corporate and Jack's Mannequin. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah. That, and that came, came up. up. That came up a couple years, a couple years, a couple of months ago. <laughs> yeah. When we found a Punk News review where that reviewer was also comparing Matt Thiessen and their style at that time to something corporate and Jack's mannequin. And so, yeah, it seems like I have never listened to something, something corporate. And as we talked about last time we talked about Jack's mannequin, I definitely have seen the Jack's mannequin cover in many record stores, but I never looked into it until this podcast. So, um, apparently that must've been a big influence for, Tyson at the time, I guess, possibly, this is around the time that they're shifting to more piano, right? Mm-hmm. Like bringing Schneck on, even though this is mm-hmm, and this is not, this is before right. they have five members of the band so that Tyson can play more piano. That seems to be the progression they were going on. They wrote more piano songs for mm-hmm so that they could bring on five members and have Tyson playing piano. And maybe he was influenced, or maybe not, I don't know, by Andrew... <laughs> Make a mayhon. <laughs> so anyway, more of Daniel's voicemail. Yeah, I totally don't think uh, Five Score is a perfect album. Like you said, that there's like three perfect albums in a row. I think Five Score is the odd one out. Also for, you know, for, for the reasons that you think like mm-hmm and Forget Not Slow Down are great albums, which is like the songs flow into each other and it's like all planned out and everything, you know, there really isn't much of that at all on Five Score and I was kind of disappointed. Um, but that's a discussion for another time. But anyway. I completely agree with that. Yeah. I, I do not consider Five Score a perfect album. I think that it is like a little less thought out in sequencing and in just being put together kind of in general and the songs have more of that like pop sensibility than and it's more of a collection because there's two types of albums there's songs that are a collection of songs they've written since the last time they had an album and by they i mean any band and there's full albums there's like these songs can only exist with these songs these songs purely were written and conceived together to be part of this one album. Like a movie is a bunch of scenes that can only be in the same movie, mm-hmm. you know? So, like you can't just take scenes out of one movie. Although, certainly, sure you can. Sure you can, <laughs> but it makes it not a good movie. Right. <laughs> so I completely understand how Five Score does not necessarily fall into that thing like, mm-hmm, and forget not slow down. Where now I'm, now I'm noticing... 
based off of our discussion last week, that mm-hmm leads directly into for, it leads more into forget and not slow down than anything. Oh, yeah. And it's almost like more like deathbed considered its own if considered its own thing mm-hmm. also leads into forget not slow down. So it's like the the amazing album specific work they did with mm-hmm and then sort of the opening up of what constitutes a Reliant K song that Deathbed kind of opens up. I'm not saying every song has to not sound like Deathbed. I'm saying it opens up the doors to more types of songs can be considered Reliant K songs. So you have Forget Not Slow Down, you can have Savannah, and you can have uh, Sahara, and you can have these kind of songs that do not sound like what Reliant K would have sounded like up to that point. You know what I mean? Right, and you've got more, you've got so much more going into like the production of the songs and everything. And forget, and maybe Five Score, and maybe Daniel will get into this, Forget Not Slow Down is, you know, not Markley Townsend, so right. it's not, it, it was it's something they decided to do, but maybe from yeah, that point of view, bed. working with someone, yeah. And maybe another song off of I think. Oh, uh, Crayons. Crayons. Yeah. The shortest song and the longest song. Or Mark Lee Townsend. I'm from the South, I say Crayons. Crayons. Craypaws. Craypaws can melt on us Crayons. for all I care. Um, they, yeah, so it's like, you know, new producer, maybe just not the same kind of sense to get working together, but they had a bunch of great songs. That's Five Score to Me is a perfect album in that it's not a singular album work. It's just all great songs. There's no skippable songs to me on Five Score. Um, and here's the rest of Daniel's voicemail. Yeah, so I thought Reliant K was, like, sucking now because they're writing these, like, dumb, like, Coldplay-sounding songs, like, let it all out. Like, once I learned to like those songs, um, which I really do, you know, it, it became easier for me to, like, branch out into other styles of music, I feel like, during high school and stuff. So, kind of a, a weirdly important song to me, um, even though I wouldn't say it's, like, one of my favorites or even in my top ten. Sorry, I'm trying to look at my notes. Um... I love that he's got notes. Yeah. <laughs> he's ready. It's like George Costanza. <laughs> you don't watch Seinfeld. And not that I even watch it. Not that I'm the biggest Seinfeld fan. But there's this one thing where he's like, George George one time, he's like, I had such a great phone conversation with this he, with this woman that he's dating or interested in. Uh-huh. It's like, I had such a great phone conversation. <laughs> not even halfway through, I threw my notes away. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's such an insecure schlub that right. he is. He has to bring notes to a phone conversation. Not a phone message. This is different. I'm not making fun of Daniel in that way. <laughs> Did you just make- call him an insecure schlub? No. <laughs> I called George Costanza an insecure schlub that a conversation with a with a person of the office is... It doesn't need an explanation. I'm not comparing him. Whatever. <laughs> I do think that who I am, hate who I've been is the better choice to go after uh, Let It All Out. Like, if you think about it in terms of the two halves of a record, you're starting side B with Who I Am, Hates Who I've Been, which comes in with a bang. And I would rather have that to my start of side B than, um, even though I love it, uh, apathetic. Um, you know, it's a cool intro, but I don't know. And so I, I always did think it was weird that they put it on the vinyl of that. Although I'm confused that you seem to say that, like, there was a vinyl of mm-hmm, back in 2004. I don't remember that, but maybe I'm wrong. And it had apathetic on it. That's weird. I don't remember that. I don't remember hearing apathetic until uh, sometime in like 2005, and it was on MySpace. And I remember listening to it in my computer class. Or sorry, not MySpace, Pure Volume. And then eventually came out on the EP. Um, so to answer that, so I don't... 
to answer Daniel's comment about was there a vinyl in 2004, I guess, hypothetically, I don't really know. But all I was saying that off of was based off of Discogs. Mm. Which usually Discogs, the people are making corrections to it all the time. So who knows? There is a vinyl pressing that says it was limited to 1,000 printed mm-hmm. in 2004. That could be a mistake. Somewhat, hypothetically speaking, someone could have had a copy of a, one of the limited cult, you know, pressings from two because there are multiple pressings that happened in 2014 and onward. Mm-hmm. Maybe someone added it to Discogs and they were like, this record came out in 2004, so this is a 2004 record. And maybe it's in Discogs for that reason. But for now, there's this... If you go to the full list on Discogs of all versions of mm-hmm that they have listed, and absolutely stuff's missing, stuff's incorrect, it gets corrected all the time. I get emails from Discogs every day saying <laughs> a, a release that you've interacted with is being changed in some way, and I'm like, I don't care. I get <laughs> hundreds of these every day. I don't care. So maybe this is wrong, but it says that there's a, a November 2nd, 2004, two vinyl release hmm. by goatee records and there's a serial number and it's got the track listing with apathetic way to be opening side c and the mm-hmm hidden track ending side d so if that's wrong that's wrong but that's what i thought that's what i was reading here yeah so i don't right. know yeah yeah, I was surprised when you said that the vinyl, there was a vinyl in 2004, because vinyl was just not really a, a, a thing in no, 2004. It, 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 not vinyl so was, much. No, but vinyl, was, vinyl has never not been a thing. Right. I mean, it's never fully gone away, it's, but it was a lot less prominent. But I mean, like, that's how Vinyl Countdown was released. Uh, I guess We're talking true. six years before people heard it on CD and eventually on MP3. So... Hypothetically speaking, if Discogs, and I'm just going off Discogs, if Discogs is not incorrect and there was a 1,000 copy only pressing of mm-hmm to vinyl, like for some special, like hard to get reason, maybe they threw Apathetic on there and that was the only place to get Apathetic in 2004. Mm-hmm. And then they planned the EP. And yes, I remember Daniel's correct. They released this on Pure Volume. I remember they released it on, on uh, MySpace. Like any place that was a place to stream music back then, before when it was literally just in the HTML in a player, they had it on their pages. I don't know. I mean, I guess if hypothetically, if we can ever talk to someone from Goatee Records or if anyone remembers any of this or has a copy of this alleged 2004 pressing, we should ask RK's too sick. But he, I think he just collects CDs. I think that's his. Okay. There is someone I've been talking to recently about um he he has a massive collection of like everything hmm. uh i'm not sure if, <laughs> if we could talk about him in the future um now i need to unlock my phone and we can yes the sound at the end of the song collapsible lung, sorry at the beginning of collapsible lung um i think might not be a door i think it might be like a standby switch on an amp or something like that sometimes they kind of have a little snappier sound um so like we walked into the room where the amp is like already turned on, but it's on standby. You can turn the standby switch and then just like start playing. Um, but of course, well, I think it starts out with an acoustic. So maybe that doesn't make too much sense. I don't know. Anyway, that's just my theory on what it is. Uh, you mentioned Horse Girl, the Alison Breed movie. Um, I watched it not too long ago. It's really good. You should watch it. <laughs> well, there you go. That's a recommendation. <laughs> and then, 
at the end of uh, over it uh, with the saxophone and everything. So I never really thought about, like, obviously I knew it was a saxophone, but uh, the clarinet and the bassoon, I never really heard those instruments before, but I listened to it again with headphones. And it seems like the clarinet is doubling the main da 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 like that melody, um, like an octave higher than the saxophone is, or maybe even two octaves higher. It's really far in the background, so it's really hard to hear, but I'm pretty sure I can hear it a couple times uh, kind of popping out in the mix. Um, and then the bassoon, I think, and maybe another, some combination of like bassoon and saxophone and clarinet is just like holding out long notes, like underneath all that to kind of like give it like the chord structure it needs but you don't really i mean you can hear those but like you don't pay attention to them you just hear the sax i never really noticed them at all before so anyway that's uh three super long voicemails hope you guys have a good week off and uh yeah talk to you later well you should change your name from you can see my socks to you can hear my sax <laughs> so that's totally what i thought though the fact that they were multiple wind instruments credited on uh, that Forget Not Slow Down song we did. <laughs> Over it. Over it. I had a feeling they must be layered in with the saxophone because yeah. I didn't hear them anywhere else in the song. So that makes sense the way he described that. So those are our voicemails. Thank you very much, everyone, for calling, for the yes. two people for calling. and uh, That's oh, everyone. Yep. And so today we're talking about Seen and Heard. And, of course, we picked it because coming up soon and... <laughs> I mean, I don't want to spoil it, but if you've seen it in the title of the episode, but yes, we have our second member of Reliant K being interviewed on Sadie Hawkins' pod. Exciting Part stuff. of me is like, should I put the time code for the interview? Because people are just going to want to skip ahead to right. the interview. And we didn't do that with John Schneck. I know a lot of other podcasts do that. They don't, they're they like, oh, you don't want to stick around for all the discussion. Right. So maybe I'll put the time code in there so people can skip to the interview. Yeah. But it's big t- It's big doings. And we've already had the interview. It was great. He's a great guy. He's yeah. very funny. Yeah. Uh, now, Danny mainly does the, the interview there. Yeah. Um, I just kind of come in at one point. And, man, I was... I was trying to impress Danny. I, I, I with some I, knowledge, with some with some and MXPX to, knowledge, and I had to MXPX actually, yeah. actually her yeah. on something. I was just so trying, I apologize when that comes up later. I was just trying to be cute for you, and Danny just shuts me down and makes me look like a dork in front of our guest. I'm and so sorry. Yeah, it's embarrassing. Well, next time. I know the title of two MXPX albums. <laughs> and I was so proud to use that knowledge. <laughs> and I was wrong to do so. No, you weren't. I'm proud of you. And I'm, and I'm proud that we were able to secure this guest. So it's a big get. Yeah. I, I hinted at it earlier. I said uh, a couple of months, weeks ago, I said, we're having our second member of Reliant K to appear yeah. on this podcast. And this is them today. Because today we're talking about the seen and heard. Um... Our, our guest this week was not in the band, really, at the time that this song was recorded. But let's go ahead and start talking about it. Yeah, yeah. So classic Reliant K uh, wordplay in the title here. Right. It's so funny because in all of the live clips that I found, and this song was a staple of the 2008 Warp Tour for them, they played the 2008 Warp Tour and they had Bird and the B-Sides, like, backdrops behind them like i don't know if they were made of like particle board 
or some sort of but they weren't just hanging they weren't like a drape they were made of particle man (laughs) they were like giant boards of the tennis racket and the bee behind them on stage so they were promoting this record specifically on warp tour 2008 which is kind of weird you know what i mean yeah the b-side collection with the fake ep of new record of new songs on it <laughs> right. and they're promoting that hardcore on warp tour and they played this song multiple dates i have all of these different warp tour shows and a couple of festivals from that same summer that's and why Thiessen, it's a secret real album i know exactly and <laughs> teeson loved when introducing this song to make sure you knew the pun because he's like this song is called seen and heard and then he spelled it out on stage multiple times he's like i cannot let the hilarious irony get past this crowd i can't let them wait till they get the cd later the burden the b-side cd they need to know now how clever this pun was and i just found that kind of funny he's like like after the first time he spelled it i'm like okay and the second time and the third time i watched the live video i'm like they get it well they no, they didn't get it it's a different crowd every night but i'm just like just call the scene and heard and then you play it and then couple weeks, couple months later, people will get the CD and be like, oh, seen and heard, tapping their foreheads. Like, I get it. That's like when we went to see Michael Buble. We saw him on the same tour twice Mm -hmm. uh, because we saw him at that Madison Square Garden show that they did, that they did the live recording of. We were at that one and we had also gone upstate to see him in Albany Mm -hmm. earlier on that same tour. I remember. And he did, the. he had all the exact same stage banter. It was like literally the same show right like he d- they did not expect you to go see michael buble twice on the same tour i haven't talked about this account really here but overheard at a punk show the twitter the uh twitter and instagram account that i run right now with covid happening i don't get a lot of submissions from people because there aren't shows happening so i get an occasional one of something that happened like last year and i've been getting a ton of stuff from the band water parks and so and then like people who follow are like first of all some people are like water parks isn't a punk band but then other people are like man you really love water parks and i'm like i just post what i get i just post what i get (laughs) but now what's happening is like i keep posting these water park things and someone and some people are like they said this at my show too and i'm like (laughs) okay it's clearly written banter right because i also remember when blink 182 when i saw them on the loser kids tour and they had all this particular banter and then i read a review from another city a couple days or weeks later from that same tour and their review cited all the exact same banter it was then in 1999 or, or 2000, whichever it was, I realized the album was 99, but I don't remember what the Loser Kids tour was. David Park right now. Um, I was like, oh, bands just like write this stuff mm-hmm. out like a script. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's possible. Um, the lyrics to the song seem pretty surface level. Doesn't yeah. it's not like another word in the B side song that like we bro- I feel like we broke open, which was the lining is silver, where on the surface level, a lot of people hear that song and they think, oh, it's about looking for the silver lining. And we, we broke it open. We're like, no, it's about not it's about not judging people for their sins and mm-hmm. seeing the silver lining in all of the people around you, whether they're Christian or not. It's like a much deeper thing than just look for the silver lining. But it seems like this song 
is pro- probably just at its surface level about being cool and being punk and not going with the crowd. Yeah, it's a song about like not conforming. It's like the opposite of Sellout by Real Big Fish. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a song about how the band's going to do, keep doing what they're what they do and they're not going to conform or like stick to any particular sound to appease fans or labels or anything and they're just going to keep on keeping on because they're having a good time (laughs) (laughs) so one thing that came to mind listening to this song is the last time like this episode where we're having a member of reliant k interviewed on the podcast right last time when we talked to john schneck he revealed some big secrets about this album that i feel like i had never was never aware of and that's basically that with bird and the b-sides the band was under obligation to release a new album and basically they didn't want to make their next album right then. They weren't ready to go into the studio, but they had to. So that's why it's kind of packaged in this way of quote unquote being an EP and being packaged together with with old songs because they were like, we, we don't want this to be the next Reliant K album, but they right. had to release an album. So part of me wonders if, and then the big, big reveal in that right. episode was that the bird because the, the the phrase is birds and the b-side but the reliant k album is called bird and the b-side sides and it might be that the b-sides is the second half which is b-sides and the bird is the nashville tennessee p which is them flipping the bird to the record label right that's what schneck said the title of the album may be in reference to to his credit, he was like, I feel, he said something along the lines of, I feel like this is true. You know, like your memories kind <laughs> yeah. of warp over time. So he didn't want to like 100% be held to what he was saying in that moment, but he felt like it was true. So I'm wondering if seen and heard, yeah, is especially because it rhymes with bird, <laughs> if the scene and bird. It's like, if this is the song that like is specifically pointed at the record label for making them make this record that they were prepared to do. Yeah. And how they're like, here I am different drummer, but it's like, because there's, there's, there's references in this disc to the fact that Dave has left the band and Ethan's now in the group. Right. Yeah. And they, I mean, in a way it's like nice that the record label did force them to, because then we get, multiple records with Ethan because otherwise we just would have had the two records with Ethan and one of them is barely Ethan like we've learned that they've kind of like replaced some of Ethan's drumming on some collapsible long songs and stuff right so we get more than just one pure Ethan drumming record we get this one too and here he is referencing it's me different drummer but the same routine right right so it's like, it's us. It's Reliant K. Here we are. Things have changed up, but we're still doing our thing. And then he launches into all these other lyrics about, can I sell this music? Is this making enough product for you? Right? I think this is actually the song. I think this song is mostly geared at the record label for putting them in this position where Ethan has just joined the band. They're kind of still hashing out possibly where they are as a band now with a new drummer. And now, and the record label's like, get in the studio record a bunch of record half an hour's worth of new music you know sorry i'm singing lax by by big d in the kids table by big d in the kids table in my head okay why 
because it's a kind of similar it's a kind of similar vibes yeah all those f-bombs they drop <laughs> exactly when i see when i saw big d in the kids table at the uh ska summit in, in uh, las vegas in 2003 it was like a one day warp tour style show where mm. you know you have you have two or three stages but each stage has two stages next to each other because they didn't have those rotating stages back in the early 2000s you had to have one two stages right next to each other that's how warp tour used to work when i was when i was your age nowadays when you go (laughs) nowadays when you go to staring at him like i don't know what you're talking about (laughs) i'm just reminiscing now i could get to my big d story faster but i'm reminiscing now warp tour used to be and maybe this is how warp tour went up to the end but you'd I have got to go to warp tour. i know i'm, I'm so sorry bummed. you'd have two stages now you've been to festivals with me where yeah. they have a rotating thing in the middle of the stage right and they and so the band is prepping behind the rotating yeah, stage yeah. for the next band while one band is up on stage playing they've done they've even done that at the at the the playboy jazz say, yeah, festival they do to. that at, uh, at the hollywood bowl that's a pretty common setup now the cheaper way to do that is to literally have two full stages, two completely full, right next so with to the each full other. rigs, gotcha. the full lighting. Maybe they both have televisions, whatever. They have full everything right next to each other. And when you when you go to classic Warp Tour and you'd have two bands that were playing back to back, you'd have to, and you want to be up front. You have to decide which of those two bands you want to be up front at, right? So because I specifically had a memory of and I'm I'm getting away from Scott Summit now and talking about Warp Tour in Boston in the early 2000s. Newfound Glory uh was going on right then, right? And I was like I like Newfound Glory okay, but I don't need to be up close for that. So people are leaving the stage that just finished playing and going over getting ready for Newfound Glory and Mighty Mighty Boss Tones are going to play at this on the left stage right after Newfound Glory. So as people are leaving the left stage, I'm running up to the front. Right. And now I'm there, and now more people who will just want the boss tones who don't really care about Newfound Glory. That's how Warped Tour used to work. Gotcha. Ska Summit worked exactly the same way. Um, and Big D and the Kids Table played, but there was a, because it was like a, it was like a municipal, like city thing. It wasn't just like a private event. There's like oh. the city had something to do with it. It was a one day full thing. And it was like on public property in a skate park or something, like a city skate park. Mm hmm. Everyone wasn't allowed to swear like openly. Oh, weird. You know what in I mean? In Las Vegas? Right. But because it was a big public outdoor You're allowed event. to like walk around with booze there. Like. Well, this was off the strip somewhere. This wasn't even in Fremont Street. This was like in the city limits, but somewhere else. Somewhere off of not near the casinos at all. It was in a skate park oh. in the middle of a field. But uh, yeah, the bands had all been told, like, don't just openly swear. Like, if you have one or two swears in your songs, go ahead and say them. But don't, like, just swear, swear, swear. Because multiple bands kept commenting on it throughout the day. Right. And when Big D went on and played LAX, (laughs) people were requesting. It's like, I don't think we can play that song. It's got too many swears. (laughs) So he was, like, self-censoring throughout the song. And it was really hard for him to do. It was really funny. Yeah. Anyway, seen and heard. (laughs) 
What were we talking about was seen and heard before I went on that huge tangent about warp tours and ska summits. I don't know, but that punchline was like so short that you that, that was such a Danny story. Hey, that was a Danny that story. That was a classic a Danny big, story. Big 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 build up. I'm sure people have heard him on the podcast already, but a big big build up to a very minor punchline. Magnified Pod has definitely heard those when I've left them voicemails. Yeah, in 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 college we called those Danny stories where he would just like have this huge ramble building up to something and then he would eventually 20 minutes later get to the punchline and it was like nothing like something he could have done in like 30 seconds I love you well I love your Danny I'm definitely not the kind of person to have a podcast then am I I'm better I think that means you're exactly I'm better seen and not heard (laughs) have a podcast also this week while I was listening uh, doing my listen through I ended up letting like the next songs keep playing after this and I forgot how much I love this album or EP or b-side collection whatever you want to call it i didn't forget how much you love this album i know like whenever i think of this album i think of how much you loved playing it together in the car because five score we've talked about it kind of passed us by a little bit we were really busy and like in college when that when that album came out um but even though we never stopped going to reliant k shows during that time we would just be like oh these are just like newer songs that we aren't as familiar with we knew like the singles off of that album and everything but yeah Bird and the B-Sides became a major staple in in my car six disc changer for quite a while there. And I was like, oh, I just, I love this this album And it is one CD, not two CDs. It is one CD, yeah. So there is, it's it's funny because there's this, I think that the first half of this song, Up to the Bridge, basically is pointed at like the industry and maybe the label specifically. But then in this little sort of bridge section, the lyrics change and these are like the most memorable lyrics in the song and odds are that you probably magically got this song for free i'm not sure if it bothers me it's fine because i'm having a good time he's like specifically talking about the rise Mm -hmm. of pirated music mp3s kazaa uh limewire napster i'm an old school napster person so whenever i hear people reminiscing about mp3 trading stuff they're always talking about kazaa and limewire and i barely used kazaa and limewire because i had the first original generation of napster the one that metallica sued like i remember using napster and using that to download get up kid songs and the toasters and uh, and uh, and journey (laughs) which is sort of out of left field but i have specific and like all those Weird Al Yankovic songs that aren't Weird Al Yankovic songs that are racist and stuff. Right. Those all, and Barbie Girl by Homegrown, labeled as MXPX, like the, and the original Napster. You know what I mean? And then when I finished with Napster, because it went away, because it literally got sued out of existence or whatever happened with Napster, and people started migrating to LimeWire and, and, and Kazaa, and those were loaded with viruses. I was like, this is, a, the, the, it felt more dangerous. Like, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't want to use LimeWire because they are, Napster was actually a slight, I mean, you could get a virus from Napster, but it was a somewhat safer format, the original Napster, than Kazan LimeWire. So I moved on to FTPs. Who cares? Or an, or an FTP thing. <laughs> Basically, you're letting someone literally log into certain folders in your file, in your in your computer and download those mp3s but it's not because they can only get into the folders that you designate yeah before i was a little bit of a technophobe in like in like uh high school and stuff so before i got my mac and 
iTunes where then I could just easily click and, you know, purchase whatever songs I wanted. Um, I remember there was a time where I would, because I wanted to be a filmmaker, so I had like, um, like multiple VCR setup and, and TV setup in my bedroom. So I would like copy movies and stuff. So I had a friend who was really into like, downloading music illegally and stuff so i would i would take songs that were really hard to find that like i couldn't just go to the store and get the whole album of like really like random songs off of like soundtracks and stuff and i would make a list of like a mix cd for her to make me and we would trade and (laughs) i would illegally like record a tape from blockbuster of a movie she wanted and we would trade off so i would give her the vhs and she would give me the cd you're such a pirate you should have brought this up when we talk about the pirates who don't do anything so ftp was a more of a precursor to BitTorrent. Mm. BitTorrent is not a pre a, a, a follow-up from kazaa BitTorrent is exactly the same people are downloading files directly because i work the same way but they're they're more directly like there's no client like kazaa and napster had a client they had a program that lived centrally and found the other people's everyone's computers to send files between each other BitTorrent and FTP is like basically you're in a way logging into someone's computer and getting whatever. No, you know FTP. I'm not a tech guy. I just know how it works at the front level. Well, I love that ringing guitar feedback in the beginning of this song because you know that you're about to rock. <laughs> this is like an easy. This is almost. It's not quite an easy core song. Speaking of newfound glory earlier, but this is almost like. Rel- easy core through a Reliant K lens. <laughs> it's not easy core at all, but it's just like hard, like not hardcore, but it's like hardcore pop punk in a way. I and then I like that. Then the end breaks down into acoustic, and it flows so perfectly into. At least we made it this far. Um, the, like the birds chirping start at the very end of this track uh, for like two seconds from the end of seen and heard, and then they carry on into the beginning of at least we made it this far, which is really nice. That is nice. And they mention a bird in this song, and the bird of the title <laughs> is supposedly flipping the bird to the record label so they're mentioning the bird in this song mm. block out the, chirping the scene and, yeah. and heard block out the sun <laughs> like a flock of birds and i don't want to go i don't want to go so i i'm guessing because the scene and the herd of the title of the song are the sh- are like to use a mixed metaphor they are the sheep they're the people who just do things because it's popular. Right. So in this moment, he's saying the scene and heard. He's also mixing a metaphor. He's saying there's so many people the devoting scene. their lives in their scene to the same old thing. There's so many of them. They're blocking out the sun like a flock of birds. They're already the scene and heard are already sort of a metaphor. And then they're being compared with a simile because they're blocking out the sun like a flock of birds confusing (laughs) i love the way your brain works i don't (laughs) (laughs) um did you look up song meanings or anything like that i i did i do in fact have a deep dive let me see but before you get into that okay we'll be right back right is that okay? We'll yeah. be right back. Yeah. I remembered this week. I know. We usually don't do it before the deep dive. We usually oh. do it before we do your well, Hold on. YouTube We're not going segment. anywhere yet. <laughs> I was 
like, oh, you want to do it now? That's fine. We're running a little long. It makes sense to do it. Let's sure. We'll be right back. If you'd like to interact with Sadie Hawkins Pod, please do. We have a voicemail line, which is 402-95-SADIE. You can also send us an email at sadiehawkinspod at gmail.com. And check out our Twitter and Instagram, which are both at sadiehawkinspod. We'd also like to take this moment to thank our patrons who have signed up at patreon.com slash sadiehawkinspod. We've got Brady, David, Tucker, This Might Be a Podcast, Owen, Jimmy Eat Pod, Roxanne, and Samantha. If you'd like to join our Patreon, we're discussing most of the K is for Karaoke tracks, like Justin Bieber's Baby and Cake's The Distance. We've done some random stuff, like a video of us playing Animal Crossing and discussing our summertime playlists. Oh, and we're reading through the entirety of the Relying K-related book, Complex Infrastructure, known as The Female Mind. And hey, if you thought there wasn't a Reliant K book that makes a short bus joke, well, sign up and learn how wrong you were. There are two $5 and $10 levels where you can get those bonus apps and extras like merch. And if you have a special someone in your life, think of giving them the gift of Sadie Hawkins Pod. <laughs> and we're back. Back from the future, because this is the future. That's this right. This is after the episode. <laughs> That's the nice thing about us taking breaks now is when we need to add something in after the edit, we can do it right here. Sadie Hawkins Pod after pod. <laughs> In the middle of the pod. (laughs) So after we finished the episode, which we'll get back to, Beatrice sent us a cover. Nice! Which is great because there are no covers. When we return to our regularly scheduled episode, there will be no covers. She's cornered the market, yeah. Yeah. So uh, thanks to her for sending it. And uh, here, I'll play it. So here it is, it's just me. A different drama, but the same old beat. It seems like everything is gonna be just fine. Cause I'm having a good time as long as I'm staying true to myself. Then now it isn't something I can sell. And I can sleep at night without your help, it's fine. Cause I'm having a good time. Oh, the scene and heard. Seem to make it all just a little bit worse. I like that she did the little snap there. Yeah, <laughs> like I she's like getting it. into it. Keep the beat snapping. I like it. It's She's great. a nice voice. Yeah, it's a real nice voice. And I like her Aladdin shirt. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that what that is? <laughs> I didn't notice. Um, I yeah. feel so weird right now because we're actually recording this on... We usually record on my laptop and I usually do all the monitoring and everything. And so I feel very odd because we're actually recording from Danny's laptop right now. And so he has the headphones on and it's very disconcerting. The tables have turned. <laughs> So it's also nice seeing this video because Beatrice is in the video and it's got it's got 19 views already. Nice. And we're only two of them. So other people are watching this. Nice. Good for her. And yeah, people, uh, she follows us on Instagram and Twitter, but I don't go looking at people's accounts. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the first I've really seen what she looks like. So that's cool. So thank you very much. Yeah, please send more in. Yes. uh, uh, Send in more covers and everyone send in your covers. Yeah. And now we'll return to the rest of the episode in which there are no covers. <laughs> the dark universe. <laughs> I saw that you probably magically got this song for free. 
So this song has been translated into a lot of languages. Um, there were a lot of lyric sites from different countries that popped up in my deep dive this week, a lot more than usual, because they're always there, but they're usually a lot further down in my Google search results. These were like really prominent and yeah, lots, the song must be beloved in a lot of countries because you're looking at me so weird. I don't. It's because you swung your arm back. <laughs> to like to, to sell your point and you your hand went over the trash can which has a motion detector so it opened up and i just thought it was so funny and i couldn't laugh um butts darren four years ago on reddit responded to a post asking the most underrated reliant k song and said the scene and heard by far my favorite reliant k song and there's 11 upvotes Nice. Uh, then we have <laughs> those eleven people are just the herd. They're just they're, they're just going along with the with the same old drummer. So, uh, so here's a blog uh, about Warp Tour and the release of Bird the Baysides mm-hmm. from Jessica twelve years ago. Not me. The adorable Christian pop rockers, or at least they were when I listened to them, Reliant K, is celebrating their 10th anniversary. They're not adorable with, anymore? <laughs> with a new EP set to drop on Goatee Records July 1st and touring all summer on the still going strong Warp Tour. The Bird and the B Sides EP includes a whopping 26 track, 70 minute runtime, with 13 brand new songs and a series of B-sides from the band's 10-year history. Before the EP has hit stores, Reliant K will launch an online scavenger hunt, giving fans a chance to download a number of B-sides that won't be included on the new record. Hmm. The hunt begins June 16th on Reliant K's MySpace page and will continue through June 30th. I've heard of this scavenger hunt, but I thought it was for a different record. Uh, it was for this one because it came up a lot in different, just people talking about it in okay. sort of different things. I've heard of the Reliant K, yeah, maybe it was this record. I've heard of the Reliant K scavenger hunt and I, I just could have, I sworn it was for like Collapse Belong or something. I'm wondering if anyone out there ever did that scavenger hunt. I know those songs are just now on YouTube. Right. But I, I yeah, I would love to hear from anybody that actually did it, that knew it was a thing. We were just trying to think of what our fans would want from a B-Sides record, explains lead singer slash guitarist slash pianist Matt Thiessen. We're like, they probably just want everything, so let's try to give it to them. Along Where was the way, Operation then? <laughs> along the way, the band decided to include some new tracks, a concept that quickly morphed into, hey, why doesn't everybody in the band write a song? All five members wrote songs and take turns on lead <laughs> vocals. It's perhaps Reliant K's most diverse effort to date, including Tyson's alt-country, At Least We Made It This Far, Basis John Warren's The Last, The Lost, The Least, which is explosive both sonically and in its social commentary, and new drummer Ethan Luck's punk rock reggae, No Reaction, to name a few. To name three out of five. highlights, yeah. (laughs) That's like... Okay. You know know the Gilligan's Island theme song? (laughs) When, like, the first couple seasons, they were like, and the rest. Mm -hmm. You're like, there's only two more. (laughs) And in later seasons, they actually said the professor and Marianne. As 
A co-headliner for the Vans Warp Tour 08, Reliant K is eager to get back on the road. This is the first time we've been out for the entire endeavor. It's going to be a blast, says Tyson, who relishes the Warp Tour's hot, dirty summer camp awesomeness. They'll be bringing along representative from Blood Water Mission, a nonprofit organization to promote clean blood and water efforts in Africa, tangibly reducing the impact of HIV and AIDS pandemic while addressing the underlying issues issues of poverty, injustice, and oppression. Catch Reliant K co-headlining Warp Tour all summer and look for the Bird and the B-Sides EP on July 1st, and then it gives a track listing. I like that, because, yeah, it was interviews like this that puzzled us and didn't explain why a Nashville, the, this an EP is 13 songs and mm-hmm. half an hour and 32 minutes long. Right. And it wasn't until we finally talked to Josh Schneck we got some yeah. real clarity on that. Hey, Dan, yeah. whatever you're into, it's on Tumblr. Oh, nice. <laughs> it's an ad on Jessica's phone right now. It's it's the same thing three times in three different places on this, uh, on this blog. What, really? Whatever I'm into is on <laughs> Tumblr? <laughs> We'll see about that. Not if you post a picture of a pumpkin or something and it's whatever, like, what? dirty images that it thinks oh. it's a dirty image pops up and it, like... Right, because they kicked out... That, yeah, that, that, that's quite a statement when they, like, cleansed the site of porn right. years ago. I, yeah, I haven't been on Tumblr since, like, before that all happened, so I... But I remember, right. like, seeing articles and stuff about it at the time. This segment brought to you by <laughs> Tumblr.com. <laughs> There, there was a crossword puzzle key from unscramble, unscramblex.com. It says, here are the possible solutions for Reliant K, the scene and clue definition to bring together a group of animals. Well, I don't understand a word you said. <laughs> Can I see this? Yes. It is like a puzzle. It's like a quiz type thing. I don't understand if it if it's because this was a question in a crossword puzzle somewhere once. Like I can't imagine this uh, being on a New York Times crossword puzzle. Right. But like this was on maybe some sort of a in some sort of oh this isn't Tumblr by the way I I no. confused myself by talking about Tumblr so much. So there's a Tumblr ad on unscramblex.com. No, I'm there was a Tumblr ad on the blog about the Vans Warp Tour. This oh. is a different website altogether. <laughs> we moved on. No more Tumblr. Tumblr's dead and everyone knows it. I'm better seen and not heard. The kids are on the TikTok now. Right. So on unscramblex.com, which I, yeah, so I guess this must be a website for helping you solve crossword, crossword puzzles. puzzles. Yes. Yeah, okay. That's like, what was that website we talked about? Sorry, I'm like, yes, obviously Danny. And then I realized that I might not, I probably didn't Quizlet. actually say that. It's like Quizlet. <laughs> Remember we talked about Quizlet a couple weeks ago? Right. Because you can post like quizzes and stuff, but also people post answers to like college tests on there. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I should have said crossword puzzle to, to start with. I apologize. That's, That's on fine. Me. Um... So then a couple things that are not Reliant K related, but that pop up, um, definitely not Reliant K associated. There's an Instagram account with the same spelling called Seen and Heard, um, at Heard Seen and, and their bio is Seen and Heard cutting through the BS in the Indian art world, one predator in power play at a time. Did you say Indian or Indie and? Indian. Okay. 
Uh, current posts are current from our personal experiences. We choose anonymity. Uh, and there have been quite a few articles written on this particular account and the uh, Me Too movement that popped okay. up in the deep dive for this. Uh, there's also a British rural PR and marketing agency called Seen and Heard Public Relations and Marketing. And then did we did we go over the punk news review from X Carl Up and Die X? Yes, we did. Okay, cool. We even talked about that with Greg Simpson. Right, because we thought it was Curl Up and Die, but it's not. It's Carl, Carl Up, up and, and Die. die. No, but Carl Up and Die has done multiple reviews for albums. Right. I don't know because the thing that that like blows my mind is that Carl Up and Die only gave this album a 3. But it references a song on this album in the username. So I'm very confused. But then in our in our Dr. Worm episode, we talked about it with Greg. We were like, it might be a reference to some other punk thing. It could be. Like, it might just be a coincidence that it's also a Reliant K song, Maybe. Curl Up and Die. Because we thought for all those episodes that his name was Curl Up and Die. Right. And then Greg's the one that said, <laughs> like you know Carl. it says Curl Up and Die, right? <laughs> we're and we're like, like no. oh, no. And there are a <laughs> lot of there are a lot of punk bands and albums and songs about curling up and dying. There was a hardcore band called Curl Up and Die. By the way, this past week I finally went back and since I since 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 I'm a big Supergirl fan now, I rewatched that shipping video of Curl Up and Die and I was like, "You know what? This song makes sense here." <laughs> okay. <laughs> this works for this. <laughs> Well, I, just one thing real quick. I just noticed on... Um, Genius? Genius. Did you see the Genius annotation? No. There's just one, and it's for the <laughs> opening line. So here it is, just me, different drummer, and the same old beat. Um, what's the name of this annotator? Merold1324, five years ago, said, Here Matt Thiessen is alluding to the quote from the book Walden, written by Henry David Thoreau. The quote is, if a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or measured of far away. And that end quote. Matt is saying he has changed, but inside he is still the same old person. Also, there was literally a drummer change in the band (laughs) at the time of this song. Dave Douglas to Ethan Luck. One up vote. (laughs) Also, dancing to the beat of your own drummer is like a thing. and Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's entirely possible that Henry David Thoreau was the first big quote to do that. But going back to Seinfeld, it's like how yada, yada, yada is attributed to Seinfeld. And it's like, that was a phrase before Seinfeld. It will be a phrase after (laughs) Seinfeld. It's completely unfair that that is like owned by them. Yeah. It's like Taylor. It's like T Swift copywriting the phrase "this sick beat." Is that a thing? Yeah. Oh, really? She like trademarked this phrase "this sick beat." Because... Who is she, Gene Simmons? <laughs> right. She she copyright. She tried to copyright the money trademark the money bag, <laughs> but Gene Simmons had gotten to it first. <laughs> So what do you have for uh, well, stuff? Well, this week is like one of the worst. The, it's a long, long set of notes that I have. 
but it is one of the most cursed set of notes that I've ever had. Oh, wow. Not the content, just the lopsided nature of what I was able to find, because there were no covers of this song. No acoustic covers, no full band covers. There are four, there are three. Three drum covers, Alakisha Kruger. Nice. And, like, a buttload of AMVs. Just, like, so many AMVs. Like, speaking of Curl Up and Die, which was one of the most, surprisingly, one of the most overly covered Reliant K songs ever. Sorry, Jessica says I'm being too loud. As you recall, Reliant, uh, Curl Up and Die was surprisingly, like, they were um, approached 50 covers. Yes. I think the number changes every week, but it really was, like, dozens and dozens and dozens of covers. You're not peaking. It's just, it, it's 11 p.m. All right. <laughs> we have neighbors. Okay. <laughs> so, like how there were so many covers of Curl Up and Die, and it was, it was kind of shocking to see that was the song with the most covers, this is the song with the most AMVs. And it's, like, not even worth playing any of them because none of them, like, stand out incredibly. Like, there's no, like, WTF show that they chose in here. But there's, like, One Punch Man, Dragon Ball, Kingdom Hearts, multiple AMVs that contain multiple shows. Like how we managed to miss the James Marsden picture at the very beginning (laughs) of... Oh, that Let It Go. Let It Go. What did I... Let Let It Go. Let It All Out. Let It All Out. If I get approximately the right words out of my face, then I'm pretty happy. Um, there was also, like, the, part of the reason why there are so many AMVs is because there was, like, an AMV collab project. I think there might have been multiple AMV collab projects where, like, multiple editors all took a portion of the song and edited together some lyrics on screen to some anime clips but then they would upload their sections independently to youtube and then someone else came along and would like download them and edit them together into the final video and there are multiple collab projects like that so you get one amv but then you get like five micro sections of that amv why are you saying collab and not collab i don't think that that really matters i think that collab and collab what did you say Collab. Collab. I don't like collaboration. Yeah, and I'm saying collab. I don't think it's not really a word. It's like an internet word. I don't think depending on the emphasis I put in collab really I'm matters that much. Put up a Twitter poll and be like, how do you pronounce collab? You, because collab. everybody pronounces it collab. Collabor- you let's say the word out loud. Collaboration. That's how you say it. Uh-huh. Yes, that's how you would truncate. 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 That, that's how you would shorten that word. <laughs> it's almost it's getting towards midnight so we're getting loopy and i'm just excited for you guys to hear our interview this week okay collaboration or collaboration do you think there's a big difference there yes collaboration who says collaboration who wouldn't necessarily who wouldn't say collaboration why is that a problem i I don't say collaboration i'll have you know I think people say collab because if you have ter- taken the word and made it into a shorter word, the emphasis changes. I will have you know that I am hip and I watch YouTube people sometimes and they all say collab. You know what? Like almost every uh, younger millennial like Zoomer video game YouTuber says bros and I hate it. I hate it. 
because he's talking about Super Mario. Brothers. I'm talking about Super Mario Brothers, and I'm talking about Super Smash Brothers. You put in a Super Smash Brothers game into your Nintendo console. You click start, and the guy goes Super Smash Brothers. It's brothers. It's not bros. But people have seen it spelled on screen. You watch every Nintendo commercial from the 80s up to now. And if they say Super Mario Brothers, they say Super Mario Brothers. This is legitimately show a is, huge pet peeve of his. Like, and I've heard this from him so I will stop. I will unsubscribe from a channel if they say bros too many times. So this AMV had many bro labs. I think if you take collaboration if you take a five syllable word and you cut it down to collab or collab you cut it take a five syllable word and you cut it down to a two syllable word the emphasis can change you know usually when people take a break for for a week (laughs) they come back and they're like really point they're refreshed they just needed that little break nope not here at sadie hawkins pod we come back worse than ever. No, I think I'm having a great time. I'm having a good time. So let's hear Tyson spell this song out for everyone because he just loves to do it. At 2008. Oh, that's right. I deleted my YouTube app. Here, take mine. Hold on. No, I can't. <laughs> I can play it in a. So here at Rock the Universe. 2008 because i think they only played this song in 2008 and then didn't ever play or barely ever played it after that because all the live videos are from that year so here's let's hear one version um uploaded by defeaser down seven one defeaser down seven one or something like that and tyson's gonna spell the title out for us and uh i think that's why we're all here tonight we're all here having a good time, hanging out with one another. But it's also about not always doing what everybody else is doing. And I think uh, a lot of us can probably relate to that too. It's a good thing. The song is called The Scene and Heard, S-E-E-N-E-H-E-R-D. It's about finding your own thing. So there he is spelling it out. He did that all the time, and I just thought it was hilarious. Interesting. He can't, it's like, first of all, none of the people in the crowd contemplated that he even spelled it you know what i mean mm-hmm. i don't know that's a pet peeve for me i'm done with real k because he kept spelling seen and heard live in 2008 <laughs> um so there is a band called seen and heard and they were not that big they don't have anything on spotify or they don't even really have any music on youtube but they have a YouTube presence. Like they had a YouTube channel that seemed to have everything but three videos deleted. Like you go to wow. their YouTube channel and it'll say like vlog number three, but numbers one and two aren't there. Oh no. And I don't think they were a Christian band. Um, I just don't see any particular, I think they were just basically like a early 2000, like a mid 2000s pop punk rock band because they were clearly a Paramore analog. Okay. I'm going to play you one music video of theirs, and it, they're just clearly following, like, the Paramore Haley Williams formula with the female lead singer that has the very particular sort of hair from the first Paramore album. So this song is called When He Calls, The Seen and Heard. 
uploaded by the Seen and Heard YouTube channel. This is so misery business. This is just misery business 2.0. This is very uh, mid 2000s. Yeah, it's this is this is like a they, they were taking a Paramore thing. Then I found other videos of what I thought was a different band called Seen and Heard, uh -huh. but they were also British, like this band. And then I then I found a different video where they announced that they were going to announce that they have a new lead singer. So I was like, oh, this band started as like a this this very particular kind of pop punk rock right. from the 2000s. They had a male lead singer and then they got a female lead singer and they became a Paramore analog. Gotcha. And then there's a lot of tour footage of them like being really excited to go to McDonald's. Nice. In America, I guess. Like, they order multiple Big Macs and stuff, and they're like, oh, you, what you got there? You got a Big Mac. <laughs> they have McDonald's in England, though. They do, but maybe they were... <laughs> hey, when we went to Paris, I was very excited to go... Our hotel was above the McDonald's, and I was very excited. We only ate there once. We didn't, like, use up more than one of our meals in Paris at McDonald's, but I was excited to try a Parisian quarter pounder I'd... yeah we wanted to see if it was called a royale which it was is, not it was not it's just called a quarter pounder but the bread was awful <laughs> <laughs> like it was the worst bread i've ever had it was spongy and like we had real bread in paris and it was amazing but for some reason the bread at mcdonald's was like spongy and gross so anyway well it probably got soggy on the on the boat on the way over from america maybe Oh, here's the announcement when <laughs> I heard you. I had no comment. Yeah, it got spongy. He didn't deserve a comment. <laughs> it's just bad. And honestly, like that's all I have worth playing. It's just like this is the mo this is the worst set of lyrics. Hey, folks, go to patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins pod at the ten dollar tier. You get access to my Google Drive notes. This these notes are super long, but nothing is worth playing. Honestly, okay, I forgot. There are a couple of fan videos, um, but again, none of them, there's like a family FMV, like some family goes somewhere. There's nice. some people going to uh, the Missouri State, the Montana Fair in 2012. Uh, somebody, this one might be worth playing. I forgot about this one. Um, someone has like a visual mixtape, like they made a mixtape and they posted it to YouTube with visuals to go along, like more than just the standard lyric, fan-made lyric video or fan-made slideshow set to a song. Like they did a full half an hour of many songs with a slideshow. That shows a lot of devotion. They did that. But I forgot about this one. I guess we can play this. This is, um, somebody created a 3D render of the troll face. The like the meme troll oh, face, wow, this yeah. guy with like the yeah. he's like he's like I gotcha that right, meme guy. Right. The original MXPX memes logo had this face on it. Somebody makes somebody makes a 3D rendering of it, and they just like show you how they did it set to this song. Wow! And it, when it's done, 
I'll show you. It looks horrible. It looks really bad. Oh, wow. It doesn't look like the, oh, the wow. meme guy anymore at all. <laughs> it, it looks... It looks like a rejected version of Jack Skellington, or like, like if they ever did, if they ever did a Nightmare Before Christmas sequel, and there's like multiple Skellington mans, then this would be like one of his brothers or something. <laughs> and I guess the last thing I'll play before we get to our big interview. Thank goodness we have an interview with a member of Reliant K. We will definitely drop to that save time the- code in because <laughs> <laughs> to save this episode, we have uh, someone coming up, but. Real quick, here's a compilation of NASCAR crashes set to the scene oh, and heard. No, wait, is this, this looks like a video game? Oh, no, no it's, it's real, real footage. It's just really and it's not uh, low res. It's not just low res. Oh, it's that's a, upsetting. I don't want to see that. Well, I won't show it to you, but it's a television being filmed. <laughs> Someone made an FMV <laughs> of NASCAR crashes where apparently they just film their television. So I get what I'm what I'm assuming, and this is just an assumption that cash cows, cash spelled like you have a cash of money, uh, not a cash like you have a cash of something. C a c h e cows. I guess they just like film their television screen because they don't have a VCR, but they do somehow have the ability to upload that footage to their computer in 2008 and make a music video out of it. Yeah, they just have a monster cable. Right. But my question is, how do they... I guess so. But they don't have a VCR, but they have a camera and a monster cable. Like, just... Yeah. VCRs would have been cheaper in to 2008. Your, uh, yeah, but to, do you upload it directly to your computer and use whatever video software comes with your computer and editing software i mean i just want to say that i didn't do the like rent a movie from blockbuster and and uh record it that often i did it once (laughs) maybe twice for this friend and i think actually one of the times it was of a movie that i already owned so blockbuster went out of business jessica i know and not only can they not come after you but it's probably your fault (laughs) i know that's what i'm thinking about wanted to clarify i was i'm a i'm a good hufflepuff girl <laughs> so here it is well, we sh- i wish we had asked our guest what harry potter house is he in but here is our interview with the one and only dermike the buffalo seen and heard pluck out the sun like a flock of birds and i don't want to go don't wanna go. Hello. Oh, hello there. <laughs> hello, Dermike. How are you doing, Danny? I'm good. How are you? Oh, uh, here I am. It's just me. Great. Well, uh, okay. So <laughs> I wasn't. I I wasn't actually thinking you'd be on video. So that's perfect because we'll. Put this up for our patrons, uh, for our patrons to see the whole video. Oh uh, yeah, it's me here on camera, <laughs> scaring the dog upstairs. <laughs> That's okay. why he's terrified. <laughs> How big is he compared to you? Oh, he's just a young pup. He's he's like a pocket puppy compared to me. I'm a big, strong, burly. Oh, <laughs> we're fighting now. I'm much bigger. I'm a bison. Right. I'm just I'm just admiring the white paint from, oh! that they gave you. 
I didn't know that a that a that a buffalo can can even howl. That's great. You're filled well, with I'm talent. Well, I'm also as you can see, because yeah. I'm not moving my mouth at all. Right. Well, but that's I'm understandable. I'm very good at ventriloquism and impersonation. This is the sound of an Gets elephant. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> wow. Hey, thank so, you. so I didn't properly introduce you, but welcome every. Uh, to Sadie Hawkins Pod, the second member of Relying K we've ever had on the podcast. It's Dermike the Buffalo. Oh, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> so great. I, I, I'm just, I, I, this is so exciting, honestly, like, because I, you know, I've been a Relying K fan for, for a long time, and I remember when um, you were first premiered on stage. It was great, you know, so like lots of fun summer memories seeing you out there crowd surfing with Relying K. Oh, yes, I love to crowd surf. One time in Nashville, I was crowd surfing, and then a gentleman hopped on my back. and He had a cowboy hat and a wow. water lasso, and it was incredible. Wow, so you're still out there? I mean, that's, what, was, what year was that? Oh, 2001. Oh, that was a while ago. Okay, 2001. Maybe 2002. Okay. The Back to the Future. Oh, right, right, right. Okay. Yeah, so I guess that's so just... For anyone out there listening who might not be familiar with you, actually, we've talked about it. Jessica was not familiar with you, even though she's been a Reliant K fan. By the time she became a fan. What? <laughs> I'll have you know I'm on the cover of a live album. Oh, well, yes. Well, now everyone, I think more fans know who you are, but especially like I've seen Reddit posts when I was kind of looking into your refreshing myself on your history. I saw Reddit posts where there were fans who didn't know who you were and stuff like that, exactly why you were on stage when you were there. So just to explain for any Reliant K fans who kind of missed out on when you were in the band and maybe aren't familiar, could you kind of explain how you ended up uh, meeting up with uh, Reliant K and going on tour well, with them? Legend has it that, you know, my, my memory's a little fuzzy. I've had several paint jobs and the fumes have gone to my head. But <laughs> right. as I recall it, I'm from Buffalo, New York, of course. And uh, the, the boys in Reliant K found me in an alley mm -hmm. next to a garbage can. And there was a little bit of extra room in the trailer. So in I went and I joined the band and we rocked and rolled all across the states for many years. I would be on stage and I would be the mascot. I am mentioned in many liner notes and on several t-shirts and the cover of a live album. Right. That's amazing. It's kind of a... I mean, I don't know any other expressions, so don't take this personal, but it's kind of like a zero to hero story, right? Or rags to riches. It's a, that's the term. It's like a rags to riches story, because there you were in a dumpster. In, I mean, that seems like you're pretty next much your low to point. Dumpster. Next dumpster to a dumpster. Dumpster adjacent. Right, but I mean... Dumpster Jace. Still closer to a dumpster than I think anyone wants to find themselves in life. And then all of a sudden, Reliant K just pulls up and like, pulls you up out of obscurity and has you joined the band like did you even have any musical aspirations uh growing up as a as a buffalo in buffalo new york did you even imagine going on stage or having any kind of art dreams I do play a mean cowbell okay so i i'm very good to, i'm a big will ferrell fan right i'd always aspired to working uh, my way up to those 
gold-plated diapers. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, well, you need to watch the cowbell sketch. Oh, I don't remember the, the gold-plated diapers. Do you remember that line, Jess? No, she doesn't remember that line either. <laughs> I have Clearly, to rewatch it. It's been a while. Yeah. Well, now I've got some homework to do. I feel like I wasn't prepared enough if I didn't go back. I had no idea you played the cowbell. So you, um, so yeah, so you, I guess you had. I know. I'm so you want to know what I said when, when the boys found me? What did you say? I said, I'm still waiting for you to put me in the back of your van and take me away from this dumpster. Is that where Tyson got that melody and lyrics? Because that would have been a couple years before that song was on an album, right? Yes, and he <laughs> has never given me my share of the royal. Wow, wow, the dirt is coming out on Sadie Hawkins' pod talking to Dermot. He's Mike. called me Dirt Mike. Oh, no. But I mean, Spilling it's... the tea. That seems... Oh, that's, by the way, I yeah. love to drink tea. Here's me sipping the tea. Oh, very good. You like it cold? You got some extra ice in there? Yes, we're in the <laughs> South. Right. So, yeah, so I guess that's the question is, is after a while you, uh, you kind of disappeared from the road life with Reliant K and then you turned up again in 2016 during the Air for Free tour with, uh, well, it wasn't the Air for Free tour, the Looking for America tour. And uh, so you kind of came out of retirement and, and what have you been up to all these years? Oh, you know, I worked on a solo album with the poking at you punk. Uh, <laughs> okay. It, it, it's been shelved. Uh, Tooth and Nail oh, no. wasn't too keen on it. We we tried to, uh, we got some piercings and we tried for a second album on Solid State, but okay. it turned out it just sounded too much like The Chariot. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't they just put four fans of The Chariot on the on the sticker on the front and market it that way? I, I think you got to have some meetings and be like, yeah, it sounds like the chariot, but you know, people like bands that sound like bands. <laughs> That's a good point. Maybe we can pair up with uh, Jeffrey from the Toys R Us kid, you know, that, that giraffe. And oh yeah. We have a, what are some other famous clothing? Mascots? Oh, <laughs> mascot creatures. Um, I have no, I'm, I'm thinking of, there's we could tons. be like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. <laughs> right. I'm a bison. Right. I can't think of any. There aren't. I can't think of any other cloven mascots. I'm thinking of like Toucan Sam, and like the Noid. He can be the MC. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, no. He he programs because everything he does is in Fruity Loops. I get it. <laughs> Jessica can't hear you, unfortunately. She's stepping back because she doesn't know what to ask you since. Do you have any questions for Dermike? Since I you... actually do. Okay, Jessica's heading over to ask you some questions. Hello, Jessica. Uh, avert your eyes. I'm a pretty <laughs> buffalo. Were you ever on stage with MXPX during uh, Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo? Uh, well, you know, <laughs> it's possible. I, I mean, have a very fuzzy memory from all these paint fumes, <laughs> so I encourage you to do some research. Uh, I will tell you I love that album, and uh, the theme fiasco is my personal theme. I'm thinking the timeline doesn't necessarily match up, because Dermike was discovered around 2001, okay. and that album was, the album you're referring to was 98, right? Yeah. So... 
I mean, I, I you could have been on stage with MXPX <laughs> during a Slowly Going the Way of the Buffalo song. I was in the pit tearing <laughs> it up. Yeah, so your favorite, so I guess it seems like dangerous, right? So what are you made of exactly? Because I always assumed you were, you're, as, as, a, as, a mas- as a buffalo statue, I kind of always assumed you were made of wood. Like even when I saw you like at Soul Fest in 2002 and stuff like that, I didn't actually, I never got my hands on you. So I always, you didn't, you didn't, he didn't, you didn't crowd surf over tried, me. Many I know. Have, have lusted after my fine plastic <laughs> shell. Yes, it is plastic. Oh, okay. But, but uh, you, sir, have you seen Danny? Look yes. in my eyes. Right. Tell me, Danny, have you seen Toy Story 3? I have, yes. Danny. Yeah. Danny. Right. Look at my eye, Danny. Okay. Did you cry when they were about to be melted in Toy Story 3? Yes, I did. Then you know, Danny. You know that plastic is real. Yes. I'm alive, Danny. I'm alive. I can see that. I'm talking to you. Don't cry for me, Argentina. <laughs> cry for the toys at the end of Toy Story 3. Um, <laughs> I don't even... I'm, I'm just so caught up now i don't even i'm i'm i don't even know what to say i like i'm about to burst out into tears myself would you like to hear a bison g- gargle uh, uh, sit, do a thing <laughs> sure i was pressing on oh yes i it's hard to tell but i can tell you buffalo gargle cover yes you should put that on YouTube or SoundCloud or something. It's tearing up the charts as we speak. <laughs> so um, speaking of the charts and songs and records and all of that, you, they, the guys at Brian K finally put you on the cover of an album with the live record. That was it was first, about time. Yeah, the first, there was the, the, the vinyl only pressing. And then a couple of years later, this, or was it last year or this year? I don't remember anymore. This year's been sort of a thing. I think so, it was um, last year. Yeah, so last <laughs> well, you guys are. Jessica says it was this year. You say it was last year. It Who knows? It feels like a year ago, but it yeah. very well could have been this <laughs> I know. year. I guess I didn't. I've ask... just been in a basement. Right. I guess you you kind of like all set for uh, having to quarantine, right? So you've just been. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, so you're on the cover of the live album, and that was yeah, that was about time, right? It was nice because you you came out of retirement, you went on tour in 2016, and then they put you on the cover of the live album, and. Uh, did that feel like you were finally, because you said earlier that Tyson stole a song from you and never gave you credit. So was, was he kind of, were they kind of making up for that maybe? Yes. And uh, I got my own bus for that tour. So that oh, okay. really went a long way too. Um, you know, I got some fine fillies. Um, <laughs> right. And, uh, you know, I, 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 I tweaked the band and I, I asked them for a special favor. I said, guys, at every sound check, can you just play May the Horse Be With You? Mm-hmm. And, and they said yes. So, so that, you know, we worked it out. That's great. Good. Well, I'm glad things are still good between you guys. Um, so that, I guess, so then today, as, as, as I was starting to touch on, like with this, everything in the quarantine in 2020, I know you've been, uh, so you've been living in a basement for the last, for pretty much all of this COVID situation. And uh, you've been staying with uh, Robert Gay. Yes, that's right. Uh, he he was the trumpet player, harmony fella, the Garfunkel to Tyson Simon uh, for okay. the Earthquakes Project. And, okay. Uh, 
uh, Matthew had had uh, sent me off to to accompany uh, Mr. Robert for a, a cover show. Mm -hmm. It was uh, Reliant K and Switchfoot covers at Rocket Town. No, oh, nice. not at Rocket Town. Oh. That's a joke. It was okay. actually <laughs> at a different venue entirely. Okay. Uh, but uh, I have remained here because Reliant K was moving their storage unit. And uh -huh. this has been the best place for me to remain safe during lockdown. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, I mean, you couldn't really go out there crowd surfing right now anymore because, you know, you, you people with their hands all over you, and like who knows who's wearing masks or whatever, and uh, couldn't even, there wouldn't even be a concert situation for you right, to- Right, <laughs> so I, I've, uh, I've used this opportunity to brush up on some poetry. Would you like to hear some, some bison poetry? <laughs> Absolutely. All right. This Sadie one Hawkins is called Pod exclusive. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> this one is called 2020 Buffalo Style. Okay. All right. How low Buffalo can you go? Buffalo wild wings, yet I have none. Buffalo wild wings, yet tame am I. Buffalo wild wings, yet I am bison. Goodbye, son. Goodbye. Wow. And team. That was and beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that, was, that was amazing. I, as, as emotional as Toy Story 3, to be honest. I'm, I can't stop. I can't stop feeling emotional. <laughs> You it's okay if you need to cry. I know. Should I? You need to curl up and die. Yes. <laughs> that's that's permitted. That's a song. That's a Reliant K song. I don't know if you realize that. Did what? you do that they on purpose? Stole from me again? Oh no! That was one. Curl up and die was one of your songs. Oh wow! I, yes, of course. I didn't realize they'd stolen from me again. Next thing I know, you know, uh, they'll be stealing my favorite catchphrase. Uh, 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 <laughs> Skittle, we love Skittles and combos. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, wait, so Skittles. I like to refer to myself as plural. Right. <laughs> or the, the royal, royal we. <laughs> so wait, so you like Skittles and combos? Doesn't everybody? Well, that's funny you mentioned that because they, they did have a song about bringing Skittles and combos. To what? I, I'm surprised. Did you never like realize when people would throw Skittles and combos at the stage? I think you would have been on stage during those times. To be honest, I uh, had headphones in and my <laughs> okay. eyes closed and I was just listening to 117. Okay. On my iPod. That, I mean, that's fair. You, you <laughs> So yeah, I mean they they yeah they wrote a song about Skittles and Cabos and and uh, if you ever remember being pelted with those, maybe you thought that was like people bringing you gifts, but they were actually bringing them for the band. That I mean, does explain why I always felt so hungry and smelled candy and and pretzel stuffed with pizza flavoring. Right, with chalky. Matt, the Matt's fingers always smelled of pizza <laughs> dust. Right. As if they had just, you know, reached into a plastic bag full of pretzels stuffed with some sort of pizza dust. Right. 
It was the strangest thing. I could never figure it out. It was, I refer to it as cheese chalk. That's what they were always filled with. But you like them. Cheese chalk and cheese chalk. Exactly. Have you tried the new sweet combos while we're on this subject? Like they have caramel combos and and chocolate combos. I must have been in the basement too long. They have sweet combos? Yes, they do. They have, they've had the savory combos forever. And in the last couple of years, they created sweet combos. They don't have peanut butter but they do have chocolate and caramel and vanilla. Well, you don't really need a, a, a peanut butter combo because that's basically like a Ritz Bits or right. a stuffed pretzel. Yeah. They, I, you could get that at Sam's Club. Right. I know. You go to Sam's Club a lot? All the time, my brother. <laughs> Nothing like good savings. Right. Well, uh... <laughs> Well, um, I'm trying to think. Is Plus it... those stickers and the blue vests. The what? Oh, that's Walmart. Never mind. Uh, I just like those greeters. Well, it's the same company, so I guess. Wasn't his name like Sam Walmart? Isn't that where it comes from? <laughs> I believe it was Sam Walton. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sam Walmart would be a great name for a band, though. It would be. Definitely some sort of awful skate punk band. That's mostly just on SoundCloud, not SoundCloud, Bandcamp. That's, that's, I'm going to release a cover of 100 Gex Stupid Horse as Sam Walmart. So you keep up with music nowadays. You like 100 Gex? Nice. Yes, I I personally have 1,000 Gex, but, uh, you know, 100 (laughs) is is a respectable amount of Gex to have. Yeah. Yeah. People got to start somewhere. I mean, you... you, I've been a big collector of geks and house lizards and and all sorts of uh, reptiles. I'm I'm a I'm a you know a a, a reptilophobe file, whatever the word is. <laughs> I think I guess it'd be file. A phobe would be if you were scared of them. Well, I am a little. <laughs> well, a little bit. What really scares? Let's get into. Let's get deep into it. What really scares Dermike the buffalo? Oh, that's a very good question. There's a lot of things in this world that scare people, but uh, most of them don't scare me. For example, the virus, you know, it, it didn't really scare me too much. I was worried about the boys, but uh, being made of plastic, it doesn't scare me too much. But you want to know what really gets me terrified? What? That incinerator at the end of Toy Story 3! Ah! Ah! It's all right. It's just a movie. Oh, you know, they, there's a Toy Story 4, you know. Like, I couldn't ever bear to watch it. <laughs> you thought it would just all be said in the incinerator? I mean, where else is there to go? If you, heard the, if you heard that early leaked plot before Toy Story 4 came out, that the incinerator comes to life and goes hunting for the toys because he has unfinished business with them, that's not the route they took with Toy Story 4. Really? I thought it was. No, honestly. I I read a draft of this script that was basically like, Ernest scared stupid. There was an incinerator that turned into a goblin and was making little clay sculptures of all the toys and turning children into toys and then putting them all in the incinerator. And then it turned into Dante's Inferno. (laughs) No, I don't. I think after the, the... The horrible experience that was Good Dinosaur. They decided not to have any more like horrible suffering in Pixar movies, so they went a much different route. 
Well, that's good. Did you know I have a cameo in Pocahontas? <laughs> uh, do, you're, I mean, I assume that there's many buffalo in there, but you're in there specifically as well? Oh, yes. One of the animators was, uh, was drawing me when I was but a young calf. Oh, wow. So, so if, if Pocahontas would have been before they found you in Buffalo, before Reliant K found you in Buffalo. So, with, so did you like model for Disney and then, and then had a- Yes, up in Ithaca. <laughs> okay. And then-, and then and Ithaca is a little known hub of Disney activity and animation. Right. Most people don't know. Right. And then like, I guess that just led to a, a so all that Disney success maybe led to a, to a life of, uh, of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it led to a life of like uh, excess, and then one day you found yourself next to a dumpster. Are we exactly? I I wow. grazed too hard wow. out, out there in in the wide world. All that success went to my head, as you can see. It's rather large. Yes, it is. It's taking up the entire frame. It well, is. Wow. It is. I apologize. I'll try to make it. <laughs> That's okay. That's fine. Um, so yeah, so I feel like we've discovered a lot of secrets about Dermike and, and you've, 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 uh, shared so much. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> it's been a, a pleasure to let you in on all of my history and talents and songwriting expertise. Yes. Like I always say, um, uh, you can get air for free if you step outside. Yeah, oh, okay. Uh, uh. We'll, we'll let, uh, I had something to say about that, but we'll just let it go. Um, <laughs> All right. Well, you know, you've got some hippopotamus hits and some hippopotamuses and uh, yeah, not everything can, can work out every time. These are all things you, you've, you wrote? These are all part of your poetry? Of course. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, maybe we'll follow up about this in the future. <laughs> I'm all seeing right. a pattern here. on in the meantime. All right. I will. So thank you so much. Again, thank you, Dermike, for sharing your time and, and speaking to us. Oh, you're welcome, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting to launch directly. <laughs> I didn't even see you yet. I wasn't expecting to launch directly into it, but I'm like, oh, let's just do it. Let's go for it. <laughs> so how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing well. I actually, I'm going to have to run out the door in just a minute okay. and go pick up... Uh, some new glasses frames my okay. um you know during lockdown if something goes wrong or if something breaks you can't necessarily go replace it right so i lost the earpiece of my glasses during lockdown and it was kind of time to get some new uh frames okay. anyway so i got my eye test this morning and go pick those up in a little bit okay. but um yeah it's been an interesting time here in nashville and right. uh still doing lots of music mostly from home or some okay. live streams here and there mm -hmm. and uh I want to give a shout out to my boy Matt because it was mm -hmm. his birthday a couple days ago, old Matty T. Yep. And uh, it's been fun to tune in and hear you guys dissect the songs one at a time. I really yeah. enjoy the Sadie Hawkins pod experience. Yeah, we've we wanted we plan to do uh, some because so, you were on the Earthquakes album, yeah, yeah. right? So eventually, mm -hmm. we're gonna do those songs. We're gonna do probably most of them on the Patreon, but we're gonna do some in front of the paywall. And when we do, we want to like talk to you more about your involvement on that record and everything. So, yeah. Yeah, that'd be great. But I, 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 I magnified earlier this summer was over at Darren's place again, doing some more stuff for his solo record. Um, okay. So I might reach out to him and see if he has some specific memories that I can 
pull from or okay. some interesting stories that I didn't hear firsthand. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Magnified pod gave me an ultimatum that uh, we're not allowed to like officially have you on the podcast until they do. <laughs> I, mean, I, don't, I don't think they're, I don't think they're really holding me to that, but they did say that at one point they're like, Robert's not allowed to go on Sadie Hawkins pod for a regular interview until we've had him first. I don't know because they have told me that they're, they're going to have me on at Christmas time for like oh, a okay. Christmas Eve special. Oh, oh, right. That's right. <laughs> oh man. That's the funniest thing. I told you about that, Jess, right? That he's the kid from Christmas shoes. Yeah. And Cedarmont kids. <laughs> Cause you know Jess, no, I don't think I know about that. What is that? Cedarmont kids is the number one selling Christian children's music. Oh, okay. And so people who are a little bit younger, maybe grew up with it or I would be like, in middle school or high school and a girl like that maybe I thought was kind of cute would come up mm-hmm. to me and she'd be like, Hey, were you in sing-along videos when you were a little kid? Cause I was babysitting last night and this one little kid totally looked like you. Uh-huh. And that would be the moment at which I finally talked to like some girl I had a crush on only to find out that she was just asking whether my child self was in sing-along videos. Okay. And I'd be like, yeah. And then they would <laughs> never talk to me again. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Cedar Mott was awesome. It was a cool yeah. way to grow up in the scene. Uh, I give Matt crap sometimes because uh, Cedar Mott actually outsold Reliant K. So when oh. I was on the road with him, I'd be like, yeah, you know, Reliant K's fine, but they're not like multi-platinum <laughs> like Cedar Mott kids. Right. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, yeah, I have to look into that now. Yeah, it's I, yeah. Like, Reels in the bus and, and Jesus loves me and stuff oh, okay. like that. That's why that was. I mean, like, even like Veggie Tales, which we've talked about, it's like there was still like in a, like a like like Pixar. There was a thing for adults and for kids to watch those. And I was older yeah. than I should have been it watching Veggie Tales. Yeah, but this yeah, this sounds like it was just for kids. So, mm-hmm. okay, so that makes sense. That I have no idea what that is. <laughs> and actually, uh, I also want to shout out my my friends at Blimey Cow. Uh, this okay. is my friend. Well, this is. Uh, Jordan, but his older brother Josh and I went to all the shows together growing up in Nashville and got into Reliant K around the same time. Mm -hmm. And then they started their YouTube channel, which is like super popular. A lot of like church groups and stuff and youth groups use their videos because they're really funny and they're like pretty clean and sort of come from that church world. Um, But yeah, they met or Josh and I every year would do like year end list of our favorite albums Mm -hmm. and Whatever year mm-hmm came out, you probably can remember, what, like 2005? Four? Uh, four, 2004, yeah. That year, it was our number one album for Josh okay. and for me. And I was like, all right, this guy's my best friend. We have the same musical taste. He knows what good music is. Nice. Yeah, I, th- that sounds familiar. And I'm really, who's someone on Blimey Cow has like Josh a soul. Taylor, my good buddy. What's his name? Josh Taylor. Josh and Taylor, yeah. His younger brother is Jordan Taylor. Okay. They're both in like all the videos. Right. One of them, we discovered one of their videos early on and because it was like Reliant K related and we weren't like agreeing with his points <laughs> and then other oh, people, yeah. other people replied to us and, and I don't think it was you. I don't think it would have been you because it was like early in our podcast, like the first couple months we found a Jordan Taylor YouTube video and we weren't agreeing with his takes that in, in just this one particular video. And then yeah. we haven't researched them since then. I just want to mention this in case it ever gets dug up now that you're mentioning that you're, <laughs> that you know them personally. And then like, someone's like, well, you know, you said like a year ago, you said all this stuff about one of Jordan's Reliant Feel K. Feel free to disagree. Okay. I disagree with my friends all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that sounded familiar when you said it. Cause we didn't know about Blimey Cow and someone wrote, wrote to us and we we're like, Oh, they have all these channels. There's, you know, and Blimey Cow is one of them. Yeah. So that sounded familiar. So that's cool that you know them. Yeah. 
So, um, okay. Yeah. So thanks so much. And like I said, we're going to, we want to have you on for uh, talking about working on the earthquakes album. Yeah. How did you, uh, I guess last question, how did you uh, meet Reliant K and Matt just from working in the music industry or was there like a story behind meeting Reliant K specifically? Yeah. So uh, Tyson is the only one that I like met and worked with. Okay. Uh, I never met, like aside from going to shows as a kid, mm -hmm. I never met any of the other band members. Um, but I was a member of a band based here in Nashville called Luthi for probably about four or five years. Okay. And the lead singer, Christian Luthi, is just like really social, like really outgoing and gregarious and loves to do co-writes with people. Mm -hmm. And he got connected, like, I guess through a friend of a friend with Matt. And they did a little bit of co-writing. And so the very last song on the Luthi album Stranger that I played on mm -hmm. is called Steel and Lovin'. And it's a co-write between Christian Luthi and Matt Thiessen. Okay, I gotta write that down right now. <laughs> yeah, you should check it out. The whole album is super cool. Um, and around that same time, like Christian is a good buddy of mine. And so I was going over to like his apartment to just like hang out one night. And he and Matt were just finishing a writing session. And Christian was like, oh, Matt, you should totally meet Robert because he grew up on your music and he, he talked me up. He was like, Robert's a great musician. He plays trumpet. And I was like, oh, shucks. And Matt, I think at whatever time that was, was like Air for Free was about to come out or he had okay. just finished working on it. And he was like, oh, I'll, I, should, uh, I wish I'd known you sooner because I just tried to play some trumpet on this record and it was hard. Oh. I could sort of do it because like he started playing trumpet like when he was a kid. Right. But he hasn't really kept it up. Okay. And he was like, I'll have to give you a call for the next one. Okay. And then like a year and a half later in 2017, I get this text and it was like, Hey, this is Matt Thiessen. Uh, <laughs> you want to come play trumpet on my new record? Oh, nice. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> That's great. And he was like, okay, great. I'll uh, like give you this information. We're doing it at my friend Darren's house. And I just like kind of somehow knew, I was like, wait a second, is this Darren King? And mm -hmm. he was like, yeah, and he's going to play drums on it too. Wow. And that was just crazy to me because I definitely was a super, super big fan of, you know, Reliant K and Mute Math and, and mm -hmm. Isley, like Darren's married to Stacy from Isley, which okay. is super cool. Just amazing group of people. It was awesome to be part of that project and then get to tour with Matt opening for Al City. Yeah. Oh, and great. this is a fun fact that's pretty cool. Okay. So... Just at the start of this month, I uh, had a new roommate move in, mm -hmm. and his name is Josh Werblin, and he was the merch guy for the Al City Cinematic Tour that Matt and I did. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty awesome to have him and Clyde howling earlier right. uh, back here hanging out. And when I was looking for someone to fill the room, like he was looking for a house, and we were both like, I don't know, it can be hard to find someone who you get along with, but I heard he was looking for a place. And I was like, oh, well, I know we get along because we spend a month on a bus together and we're still friends. So mm -hmm. that's great. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Small it's today. like a small world. It all kind of comes together. That's great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Cool. All right. Well, uh, go get your new glasses. <laughs> Don't want to hold you up anymore. No problem, Danny. Cool. It was good all right. Chatting with you. Good to chat with you.